Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tupper, our co-host for the evening, not my co-host, our co-host, because you and I, we're in this together and we get to be in the same lifeboat with the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Well, hello, Greg. What an intro. Yeah, I'm, I I'm, feel I'm like... working on these every day. Like, like Each week... I want to have a uh, I want to have a, a a more souped up intro for you. Well, you're um, you're achieving that goal you set good. out for yourself. Um, this is the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla Rotary District 5810. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Coming up here in just a little bit, we caught up with our good friend and surprisingly not previous Ryla <laughs> cast guest Keegan Duncan. <laughs> Um, uh, we talked all about his, uh, his rather unique Ryla story and, um, and what he does now and how Ryla helped him with a pretty major job transition recently. We will hear from him coming up here in just a moment. Um, I do want to tell you one thing that is, a um, I want to see if you know what I'm talking about when I, when I talk about this, um, uh, my wife and I, um, went recently went to a college football game. At mm. our at our alma mater, um, we uh, we went to the University of Missouri. We went back up there to campus. First time in nine years we'd been up back up to Mizzou. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will tell you, like, do not take for granted if you can take a flight directly to your college town. Do not take that for granted because now American Airlines flies direct to Columbia, Missouri. Hey, uh, anyway, good, no- yeah. good to know. Anyway, yeah, DFW Columbia. Anyway, so we flew up there, had a great time of the game. We were, and my wife, it's like the third quarter of the game, and they are um, what can only be described as uh, playing with their food against Middle Tennessee. And my wife says, we absolutely positively have to get a picture. And I'm sure that Josie's like this, that she is somebody who says we need to, like, she make does she make it a priority to get, fo- like, family photos? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So then we start doing the thing where you have to start scouting out who you think is capable Mm. of taking the photo for you. Yes. And so we are just like, we're standing there obviously looking like idiots, like sizing people up and be like, Mm -hmm. do you think, do you think she could do it? Like, do you think she would do a good job? Um, I don't know. Like, I would love to ask my wife what she's looking for specifically. (laughs) Like, I don't know if there's like, uh, like I, I don't know. Like, can you describe the perfect the person who you would trust the most to take uh, a photo of like you and and your your wife and son? I I think I think I can. Um, I also think there's going to be some biases that may reveal more about me than mm. um, than others. But yeah, at a at a football game, I think I would look for um a a youth, but uh, an older youth who's familiar with technology. So ballpark like 22, 22. Yeah. 22 to late thirties. Uh, I think that's, I think that's the demo because, okay. cause here's what happened is we're standing there and we're like, we've got like two people in our sites. We're watching it. And this, this gentleman who mm-hmm. is probably my age and I'm very old, but he's 37 um, for the sake of this story. Okay. Um, the guy who's my age 
just like walks up to us. He's got his he's got his son there or his daughter there, and his daughter looks like she's about five or so. Okay, uh, and he just walks straight up to us and he does the like, "Give me here, come here, give it to me." Like he saw the look that we okay. were getting and like the posture we must have had. He's like, "I got it, let's go." And sure enough, I'll text you the photo, Josie. The man did it. Okay, it's a, it's a good photo. Look so at that. He called for the ball. Uh, he saw that we were in trouble, and he just threw. His, he he had single coverage. He threw his hand up, and um and and uh, he 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 got it. So um I guess maybe that's be- that's the better way is if you're in a crowd and you're looking for somebody to take a photo of you, just look like you're looking for somebody to take a photo of you, and just mm-hmm. see if there's some sort of stranger who will walk up and just take your phone from you. That's it. That's great advice, and I'm glad that worked out for you. Yeah. Otherwise, we might still be there looking for somebody to think about that game. The game was two weeks ago. Anyway, on to the Ryler cast. Uh, I have the big segment today, uh, and I would like to talk to you about razors. Now, you uh, you have a you have a, a, a very well manicured beard. Oh, well, thank you. Zoom is is doing me justice. It's a it's. Is it Very, tough yeah. right now? It's it's tough right now. It's been it's been an interesting few days. But yeah. Well, thank you though. I, I am incapable of growing facial hair. It's just something mm. that is a club that I do not have in my bag. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm envious of people who can. So, but I still obviously have to, you know, it gets it gets gross and you have to shave, you know, probably I, I probably end up shaving about now that I'm doing like work on television and I need to be clean shaven, I'm probably shaving like three times a week. Okay. Okay. Um, Skin clean shaven about three times a week. So I do use razors, but I don't want to talk about razors. I want to talk about Occam's razor. Do you know what Occam's razor is? Occam's razor. Um, Enlighten me. Look at that. I like that. I was, I didn't know if you were going like razor scooter. Zig when they zag. Razor phone. My my wife had a razor phone. Um, Occam's razor is the, um, is the mental model. Let's call it that states that, the simplest explanation is most often the uh, the right explanation. That's a basic. Let me see if I can look up exactly what the okay what it is. Occam's razor is uh, something along the lines of uh, uh, the simplest of uh, the simple. Yeah, what's the, the uh, I'm looking for the, for the right words, uh, simple terms. Uh, the simplest explanation is preferable to one that is more complex. Okay. When in doubt, go with the simple explanation. That's what Occam's razor is. But Josie, I don't want to talk about Occam's razor. I want to talk about, I know it's a double turn. I want to talk about Hanlon's razor. Okay. Have you ever heard of Hanlon's razor? I have not. You have heard of Occam's razor to be clear. I've heard, I've heard of, to be, to be fair. I've heard of Occam's razor. That was, I was playing podcast a little bit. Thank you. I've not heard of Hanlon's razor. Hanlon's razor is uh to put it shortly uh in a short way never attribute to malice what can be adequately explained by neglect okay okay and maybe you've heard different ways of putting that but basically it's a heuristic that it's like basically just say never assume that somebody is out to get you when the, what is happening can be desc- can be described by somebody just not paying attention or somebody just not thinking of something. Do you know what I okay. mean? <clears throat> I know. Yep, I know exactly what you mean. Because I was reading this, I was reading something about this, and and the headline is Hanlon's razor. Not everyone is out to get you. 
Uh, and I think that understanding Hanlon's razor can help us see the world in a more positive light uh, and maybe stop uh, some some negative assumptions and maybe even improve our relationships in the way that we uh, do business. And there's reasons why we we think this way. One of them is just like if like we often misjudge the frequency of recent events. So let's just say you get in an Uber. OK, you get mm-hmm. in an Uber and the Uber driver makes a wrong turn. OK, a month later. You might get, let's say you get in another Uber and like for some reason, the Uber driver take like makes a wrong turn. That doesn't mean that Uber drivers are out to get you. <laughs> it just means okay. like it just means like coincidentally, as crappy as it may be, two Uber drivers had a bad day. Um, right. OK, there's also like confirmation bias goes into this that we have these like we like whatever we have our pre-existing beliefs are uh, we're going to find information that fits it um if we don't like something we're a lot more likely or someone we're a lot more likely to uh attribute malice to him be like oh well i don't like that person so of course what they're doing is like is is, is intentional towards me mm-hmm. and i think you see this a lot of different places and I I feel like it does it can get in the way specifically it can get in the way of, of communication and relationships which can be so important you know whenever you're you're talking about leadership aspects and leadership roles um, I think you can really damage relationships by believing that other people are like intentionally doing something like to cause problems for you or behaving in a way like they intend to be annoying when in most in most cases like most cases it's probably like like they're unable to do something or they're just like accidental things like that. And so, um, and I, so, some, like I was reading this and this, this brought up a, a really good point. Like if you, and I think this happens to all of us, if we come across somebody who maybe is not a native English speaker, right. But they're trying to like communicate to us and trying to do something in a way that that communicates us. It's going to take them more time than you would think to 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 communicate, right? Just right, naturally. right. They're, they're learning the language. That's you know. And yet, how many of us have found ourselves like annoyed or like uh like like being like, come on, like you know, you're you're wasting your time, feeling like you're wasting my time when really mm. they're just trying their best. Uh, there's no malice here. It's simply like an inability. They're just trying their best. Like they, they do not have the co- same kind of intrinsic knowledge of the language that we do. And so that's a perfect example of a place where maybe we associate malice where there is no malice. Instead, it's just like this person just learning like this person's just just getting there. There's there's no clear proof of a of a, a conspiracy or some sort of plague of ignorance. Um, I, I think that the way like one way to kind of regulate these types of things is when something happens that is annoying or something happens that you feel like is 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 bad or or, or is or is malicious think about it can it be explained like a toddler knocking over a vase <laughs> okay? okay like cuz i got a 4 year old and a 1 year old okay and they knock over everything <laughs> they have never ever mm-hmm. intentionally knocked something over they're just not good at things you right. know like they're, they're, they're not clumsy at, they're clumsy and yeah. so can you associate 
like give people that benefit of the doubt. And I think that that's going to improve relationships and, and improve your communication. Now there is, I, I do want to, to, to clarify one thing. I don't think this is a catch-all. And I do think that Hanlon's razor can be maybe overly naive and may not necessarily, it may blind people to when there is actual malice because there are bad people in the world who do bad things for malicious reasons, right? Uh, right. Or good people who, who do malicious things for reasons that are unbeknownst to me. So be wary of that. But I do think that more often than not, if something is happening that is annoying to you or you feel like is is targeting you in some sort of way, take a moment and see if you can explain this by someone just not understanding something or someone just not knowing that they're doing something wrong. Because I do think that when you give people that grace, you're going to give, you're going to open up a more robust and healthy line of communication across an entire organization. That's my thought on the matter. But I, I found the idea of Hanlon's razor to be very interesting. And, and one of those things that explains a thing that I think we knew, we know in the back of our mind, but kind of crystallizes it in, in that sort of way. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. And and can I give you a, what I think now after you explain it, a real world personal example of, Ooh, of Hanlon's razor and maybe this. How, how things are exacerbated um, mm -hmm. when you look at it at a deeper level. So we, we have a, a, a dog, a puppy. I'm not sure if you are aware. Um, and we needed to get him trained. And so my lovely wife, uh, has like a, a mutual friend, but really like a social media friend, like doesn't more of an acquaintance, but mm -hmm. like oh, trust their I, judgment yeah. kind of thing, you know? And mm -hmm. so she posted, you know, good things about where they got their dog trained. It's a three week program. Um, there's no way he listens to this podcast. So uh, we dropped our dog off about camp time because um, we figured that was also a good boarding mm -hmm. situation, you mm -hmm. know, training, boarding, good to go. And it's a it's a three week give or take program. This dog was at the trainer for eight weeks. And what? Yes. And it was like when it was we were getting a lot of rain. Remember when we when we knew rain? Um, there were that. just it was we were getting a lot of rain. It was super hot. He does it with his mom. Um, and so every week we get a different explanation of like, Hey, so sorry. Some things, you know, are taking a little bit longer than expected next week. I promise you we'll have the dog ready. And then it got mm -hmm. into, we had some pre-planned vacations. And so maybe, you know, that gave an extra week, but you know, by about week four or five, we were kind of looking at each other. Like did, is is everything okay because his his reasonings were his reasoning was plausible but where we kind of second guessed ourselves i'll fast forward the dog's fine we got the dog back everything's good okay i'm very happy about that yeah sorry our neighbors were like i think i think he stole your dog and my family was like i think i think something happened to your dog and he's just covering it up until he can figure things out and it was the outside sources that were putting doubt in us that was like, okay, this seems when you take a step back, like you said, with Hanlon's razor and try to put logical, may it maybe out there explanations, everything made sense. Like who, who am I to have never had something not go to plan? Right. Um, 
And so finally, like push came to sho- push came to shove, and I just texted the guy, and I was like, "Look, I'm very concerned. Like, can you just send me a picture of the dog?" Couldn't immediately send a picture of the dog. Um, oh but- boy! See, this is one of those things where I'm sure there's a normal explanation, but I'd be like, "That is fish." It's a small <laughs> thing that, in the context, is like this is a big thing. Right, exactly. And, you know, he didn't live at the training spot, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, moral of the story, we got our dog back. Everything's fine. Uh, but it was it was the the outside sources, you know, that sometimes you need that mm-hmm. sort of like perspective from other people. But um, something that that could easily have been uh, explained away. So that that I feel like was my my run in with Hanlon's razor okay. recently. Yeah. Uh, see, see where you can find it in your life. Uh, and there is a big segment before we get to Keegan Duncan, uh, one bit of housekeeping. Um, so today we are recording this on September 19th, 2023. Um, Josie, I have a question. Uh, yes. Do you know what is happening on September 21st? I think. Right? Oh, that is correct. I do know this. Do you know what's happening on September 21st, 2023? Uh, a mere two days from the moment that we're recording this right now. And probably I... a day, maybe a day or before or the day of that people are listening to this. Is it North Texas Giving Day? It is North Texas Giving Day. Um, okay. Which we, we explained on the last podcast, so we won't belabor the point, but is a big day for helping uh, the uh, the Ryla 5810 Foundation. Um, if you uh, have the means, we would love for you to go to NorthTexasGivingDay.org uh, and search for uh, the, the to give to Ryla 5810. I believe we're on the only Ryla. I think we looked that up last time. If you just type in yes. Ryla, that's the one. It's the Ryla 5810 Foundation. Um, it helps to... Uh, it helps with things for camp. Like, for example, uh, we got to fix the trailer. Uh, but also, yeah, Josie, Please. you guys can't see yes. it, but Josie is like nodding furiously. <laughs> um, we, we, it helps with camp. It also helps with all of the year round programming that Ryla does, um, you know, throughout the year. Um, I believe there's somebody, uh, a very nice uh, person or organization that is going to match uh, donations on North Texas Giving Day. Uh, that is correct. And, and donations are open right now. And so if you go to, you can go to NorthTexasGivingDay.org or you can go to Ryla5810.org where I believe we have a link there as well. Does that sound right? Yes. That sounds right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, we would very much appreciate it. Uh, it, it uh, theoretically, if it helps you, it does go to support this podcast. Like we're not getting into that money, but like, if that's what helps you to make that donation, that this podcast is like the is is your reason reason to do things, then sure, absolutely, it helps this podcast. Then, well, thank you. That's that's a great um, great reminder, mm-hmm. and agree. Maybe it helps the podcast by giving us more volunteers and students to run through the program mm-hmm. and eventually be uh, guests. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, invest now, and then you might see the fruits of the, those the, uh, that money on this podcast, like in three years. Yes, but uh, but 
it does go to help out the Ryla 5810 Foundation, which is a, a, a critical, critical organization to help uh, Ryla uh, do the things uh, that it does. Obviously, we would not exist without the love and support of uh, our beloved uh, Rotary Clubs around uh, District 5810. Uh, we love them very much. Uh, but the, also the Ryla 5810 Foundation does uh, important things, too. So if you have the means... Uh, North Texas Giving Day is September 21st. If you're listening to this on September 20th, you can still donate. If you're listening to this on September 22nd, you can still donate to the foundation. It just won't be part of North Texas Giving Day. So um, anyway, there's our little plug. We got anything else to plug on that? I think that's good. Uh, I think that's good. Check our check our socials. Yeah, check our socials. Uh, uh, Just to see just to see Mm -hmm. um, just a lot of things going on with North Texas Giving Day. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, enough waiting. We've made him wait for apparently like five years of this podcast to be on the podcast. Uh, here's our conversation with Keegan Duncan here on the Rylocast. Oh, Josie. Oh, Greg. We have a big time guest. We're pleased to be joined by our good friend, Keegan Duncan. Keegan, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, happy to be on the number one podcast for Camp Riley District 5810, hosted by mm-hmm. Josie and Greg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you, you for for, for reading the notes we provide. I mean, knowing Thank that. Thank you for yes. knowing that. Thank you for knowing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, so uh, something I wanted to tell you, and, and I started to tell you before we started recording, and now I'll just tell you, honestly, Josie and I both were pretty sure we'd had you on the podcast before. <laughs> but but and i'm sure this happens to you a lot we mistook you for your wife (laughs) yes yes uh overshadowed by her uh which i am just fine with she deserves it so i am good with that josie when did we have mckenzie on episode 17 and i have known that all of our episodes and didn't look it up today when i learned who our guest was uh so we had her on uh some 50 episodes ago and we're finally getting around to uh to closing the book on the on the duncan household uh at least well, yeah i guess you know i don't know if there's any other duncans we need to interview i don't know but uh in a power ranking y'all got it y'all got it pretty close to correct so <laughs> did McKenzie... you mean mckenzie large gap <laughs> accurate accurate yes that is that is correct did um, mckenzie bring it up to you that she had been on the riley cast and you hadn't. I think it was discussed. I, I think hers was at camp or at day seven. It was mm-hmm. it was actually an in-person interview. And and we discussed it a, a while after it came out. It's like, huh, wonder when my turn is. Well, here we are what, two years later. Your turn is when I check the archives and realize, oh, crap, we had Keegan on. Um, so why don't we start uh, on this conversation like we usually do with our guests? Uh, why don't you tell us your Ryla story? Yeah, so my Ryla story is a little bit unique, but I also feel like it will resonate with quite a few of our campers. Uh, I was a late addition uh, to Camp Ryla. I was not uh, added through the the normal application process and everything. It's a a long story how I actually got connected with uh, with Rotary and with Ryla that that we can chat about. You can ask me about later. Um, but I, I was not uh, chosen through normal means. I was a, like I said, a late addition. 
Uh, it was after all of the orientation meetings had happened. Uh, my first kind of exposure as to what was happening at camp was when I rolled up at Hoblet Zone. That was back in 2009. Uh, so it's it's been a couple of years since then, uh, but I have actually been back to camp every year since then. Uh, 2010, I was an ACA and then on alum staff for 2011 through 2013, and then hopped into a cabin in 2014. Uh, have found my place and been in a cabin ever since. We'll skip those couple of years and everybody uh, kind of knows what happened there, but been in a cabin ever since. So you've been, wait, and I, Josie, I know I literally just told you, you had the next question, but I'm just going to jump in. You've been, you're, you're on a, like, you're on a streak of like every camp that has happened since your camper year, you've been at camp. That's correct. Yeah. That feels like obviously like Dana's lap in the lap in the, <laughs> the, the, the field. Right. But like, I wonder what the longest consecutive active streak is. Well, the, and to, to add to that, what's more unique and Keegan, what you just said, or in terms of like key, the Keegan Duncan experience is you were a late addition. So like you got like force fed the Kool-Aid and then decided within a six day span, this is where I need to be for every year of my life after this. We yeah. should have had you on several episodes ago um, as a <laughs> as a promotional piece for uh, for Rotary District fifty eight ten. It it's just built the anticipation. That that's what we'll <laughs> call it. Um. Okay. okay. So, God, Josie. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that, like, you know, so you, you've you now been to camp, you know, every year since 20, 20, 2009. Uh, you have to be busy. Um, what what keeps you making time and, 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 you know, not just keeping obviously camp is a week, but you're involved in the program year round. Like what keeps you involved, keeps you coming back to to this program? Yeah, so my my passion is is working with high school students with young adults my my bachelor's degree is in youth ministry i knew that my faith was important to me and and investing in uh, you know in that sense youth uh, was important to me and so this is a way that i can still connect with high school students and and really i just try to be one positive influence in their life. I, I know that there are so many, so many students, so many campers, so many kids out there nowadays that, that just need one person to believe in them, that just need one positive influence. And so I, I try to be that for them. Uh, sometimes it, it lands, sometimes they connect with somebody else at camp, but if I'm able to be present for that and, and help facilitate that, then you know, Ryla is a win. So, so you alluded to it in your passion, but, but what do you do now uh, for your, your day job? Yeah, so I am, at simple terms, an admission counselor. I, I work for currently University of Maryland. I've worked for three different institutions. I started at Howard Payne University, my alma mater, moved on to Texas State University, and now I'm with University of Maryland, and I serve as kind of the first point of contact for a lot of students as they're going through the college application, admission, and enrollment cycles. So I serve as their 
liaison between the institution uh, and their family as they're going through what for a lot of them is a, a brand new and potentially very intimidating process. So the, the natural question would be like how you use Rylan and what you do every day. I kind of want to take a different spin on it because I know that recently, um, because I ran into you at Panera, um, right. you, you, that is true. <laughs> um, uh, Recently, you like you made that move from Texas State to Maryland. Um, now you still live here in in Texas and stuff. This is a, a remote working position, but I'm interested in how maybe Ryla helped you with that transition, going from somewhere that you had worked and had established relationships with to a place that I have to imagine with Maryland you were much less like um, much less familiar and, and maybe much less uh, connected with people. I'm interested in how maybe Ryla and the things you took from camp and from the program have, have helped you with this transition. Yeah. So uh, another funny story from my arrival at camp, I was one of those kids that was the last like five that are showing up to camp. And so oh, I was, no. yes, that was, that was me. And so I was on the golf cart uh, and as we're pulling up to the cabin, I was being prepared by the driver and they said, hey, just so you know, basically everybody else at camp is already here. So just walk in like you own the place. That's, that's going to, uh, you know, it's, there's probably something going on. Lean into it uh, type of a thing. Go in uh, with a positive attitude. And so that's really kind of the the attitude that I, I take in with me uh, whenever I go into something new and not in a I'm I'm higher or better than you sense uh, but just a, a confidence that it's all going to work out that I belong in that that conversation um, and have been welcomed and welcomed and included in that and so it's it's been great working with new people and getting to know new people but having that that confidence that that you know, I I feel like I belong somewhere is, is definitely helpful. I I'm curious, um, you know, given that it's a, a remote position, um, and and I don't know about you, Greg. I'm I'm one of probably two people on this podcast who visited the University of Maryland, have seen the the Terrapin firsthand. Um, yeah, can't say I have. Yeah, um, how I I've. I'm going to try to find a appropriate way to frame this question. So given, given the, the last couple of years with um, kind of the emergence of, you know, remote learning, hybrid working environment, how um, has, maybe not how, uh, can you explain how being in your remote position for a university like Maryland maybe gives you a different view on a lot of these students who are making the jump from, from high school to college based on their, you know, previous years of potentially remote learning. Absolutely. And, and it being a new experience for me also is something that I can relate to with them. My experience with the university had been pretty limited coming into the new role. And so I, I think one of the things that, aids me in working with these students is uh, trying to relate to them in that new feeling, that feeling of newness, uh, saying that, hey, you know, public transportation in the mid-Atlantic, the Northeast is vastly different 
than uh, than in the DFW area. I know this is a pro trained podcast. Thank again. Uh, thank you for knowing. Thank that. you. Thank absolutely. You. Absolutely. Uh, and so my first uh, first or second trip up here to Maryland, I waited for the DC Metro and hopped on it and took that from uh, Washington Reagan Airport to College Park. And so that's something that I can explain to, to students that, hey, you know, if you're coming in from out of state, you don't have to have a car, that public transportation is a thing. So that's new for me, new for them. It was a little bit intimidating uh, coming in, but it, it allows me to relate to them. Um, and so I, I think that that's something that that we learn and that we discuss at RILA every year is trying to find common ground between uh, individuals is is really a way to provide that connection and facilitate growth. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone and, and trying uh, a nice, robust public transit system mm -hmm. in another part of our Fairburg. <laughs> so now uh, comes the time in this great, great podcast. As you're, you're well aware, uh, given your rich knowledge and history um, of episodes, where we ask our esteemed guest to plug something, could be a book, um, unrelated university uh, experience, things like that. Uh, but the floor is yours, Keegan. Yeah, so I, I did, uh, as I was preparing for this, text McKinsey and say, hey, I have no idea what to plug. And she goes, oh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so I, I had to, to think about this uh, quite a bit. But something that I have uh, recently done um, is all through high school and in through college and everything, uh, I was a soccer referee. Uh, and I have actually gotten back into that this fall season. And so my my recommendation, my challenge for the listeners uh, is to explore something that invokes a sense of nostalgia. Uh, it's definitely something that I have enjoyed getting back into a little bit um, and, and something that I liked doing during that time of life. You know, it's not the most lucrative thing. You get yelled at quite a bit, but uh, it's it's kind of fun to lean into that nostalgic feeling. So that's that's really what I want to uh, plug there is to find something that that you look back on with with good memories. That's um that's an excellent plug. And I don't know if people know this. And this is now I have to do a little bit of my work. There's an official shortage in sports, like across like across like America, and especially you, you here in Texas. Up. Yes. You so up. if you're interested, TASO.org is the uh, Texas Association of Sports Officials. So if you're interested in that, you can do that because they desperately need you. And yeah, you won't get rich, but like you can be involved in sports and that's fun. Um, so, you know, just two dudes working in sports here, Keegan, me and you. Um, yeah. All right. So finally, I believe I'm thinking this through. Um, aside from. Yeah, I'm trying to think, Josie, have we had a husband wife cabin counselor combo platter on this podcast um i hate i hate to i know keegan shaking his head i believe john huber was in a cabin mm. for at least a year yes, yes. however okay. the staying power that the duncan family has we have not had that caliber we haven't on, the on podcast. this on this podcast we have not had active like in the like in their in their cabin counselor career 
uh, a, a, a husband, wife, uh, or a, a couple, right? Correct. Correct. Um, I mean, yeah, so, like Jessica Mays, Tanner Logsdon are coming down the pike. So we'll watch back, but I will ask you Keegan, because we know Mackenzie and Mackenzie can be, um, competitive. And so I would like to know what, what competing as a, as a, being a competing counselor uh, with your wife is like, because that feels like a truly unique Ryle experience. It, it truly is. Um, <laughs> and, and one of the, the really fun things to peek behind the curtain here is that uh, while, while counselors are competitive and are supportive in the moment, we do enjoy an occasional, you know, trash talking. Yeah, you we do. do enjoy a, a little, poking fun at each other. But at the end of the day, we know that it's all about the the camper experience, mm -hmm. uh, their, their success and failure. There have been a few uh, uh, jabs of, oh, hey, sorry that you won rag ball. We're going to go jump in the pool since it's 112 degrees, right? Now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a classic one. Uh, but uh, thankfully, uh, McKinsey and I are, are able to, to set aside our uh, competitive uh, you know, squabbles between each other during the week, uh, and and really focus on focus on the camp. He's Keegan Duncan. Uh, he is the long-awaited guest here on the Ryla Cast. So long-awaited that we had actually like thought that you'd already been on, but apparently we're wrong. Uh, Keegan, thanks for your time, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Keegan Duncan, our guest here on this Dudes Rock episode of the Rylacast. Uh Finally, finally booked him. Finally did it. And it's basically entirely finally because got we thought we already had. Uh, but great to talk with Keegan. As always, he was there and he, well, if, if you couldn't tell, I don't know if you could tell over the recording, but he was in Maryland. Yeah, he was sound different clam chowder. Um, <laughs> it was... Yeah, I, that's all my that's crab cakes and football is all really I know that's about. What, that's what Maryland, Maryland does. Baby. That's what Maryland does. Maryland does. And now to round third and bring us home is the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Well, thank you, Greg. And today to bring us home, uh, I was we've had uh, an interesting last last couple of days. Um, for those not aware, we are expecting um our second child Ooh. within mere weeks and so um we are frantically getting things together um for the arrival of the second child which when we have when you have one child as you know greg mm -hmm. um i don't know if you know this or not but it seemed like i could say that because you have two children um you you have to prepare when you have zero children and you're preparing for one you can focus on that when you have x number of children and you're preparing for yeah. y number of children you still have to worry about x number of children so that is uh, that is a fact they still live here they still live here thank you and so uh today's little segment i'm going to talk about an article on medium.com um from Mary DeVries talking about 
how to succeed at flying by the seat of your pants. Have you ever heard of that <laughs> expression? Spectacular. Thank you. Um, so flying by the seat of your pants is an old, old saying that goes back to um, flying, if you can believe it. Um, when pre-instrumentation days when pilots would literally, you know, determine the where they needed to go, how they needed to pitch the plane based on where they were sliding in the seat, you know? So if you're sliding back, going to, you know, maybe um, going too high, sliding forward, pull up a little oh, bit. Really? Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? I never knew that, but I guess that makes sense that like you can tell like the angle, like the, where the nose is based on like you like feeling it with your bottom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shout out gravity um on that so yeah so uh flying by the seat of your pants there's a there's a lovely story i won't get into it it's a it, we're we're in the little segment here um but uh it's the wrong way corrigan story um and the the theme there is big risk equals big glory um but i think the what the article also talks about is oftentimes the biggest accomplishments can feel like our personal or others personal biggest accomplishments can feel like they came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, when that's actually not, not what happens. Um, you know, typically people toil away, um, following the rules, just, um, trotting forward, trying to get something to stick. And then they change one thing and it's a snowball effect. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, as opposed to the, typically the flying by the seat of your fans, pants is just winging it. And I think it's a fun saying and, and it's really cool seeing that from an outside perspective, somebody succeeding overnight and you're like, wow, they're just kind of winging it. Uh, but you don't see kind of the duck on the pond. You don't see the underwater where the, the feet are just churning. Um, and I think that's a really good lesson that you should still, you know, have a plan and, and plot away, get into a rhythm, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And when you get to a point when nothing seems to be working, that's when you maybe fly by the seat of your pants, so to speak, but you're not flying blind. You know, you you're using all of that experience and, and all of that preparation um, to just go in a different direction that you think is, is going to succeed. So you're, you're mm -hmm. narrowing the focus, if you will, on, um, on what seems to work. So that's uh that's what I, I don't know if you have any additional thoughts on that um, topic. I think that sometimes flying by the seat of your pants can be useful. I think, I think sometimes, especially if you are, and if you're listening to this podcast, then you're a Ryla person. And if you're a Ryla person, then this probably happens to you. Sometimes we get in our own head too much. Mm, and, yes. and so I do think that there is, it's not for every instance, certainly, but I do think that there are certain circumstances where it can be a positive, at, at least as a change of pace. So um, that's good. Uh, and you guys are going to be flying by the seat of your pants a little bit uh, going forward. That is, yeah, that is correct. We're going to, um, yeah, hopefully get our wings under us. You guys will be just fine. I am, I am positive of that, which actually brings me to one other note, one other podcast note. Mm -hmm. um, Josie uh, I, and this is an executive decision made by me. Uh, he did not ask for this. Uh, Josie is going on a podcast paternity leave. 
Wow, it got yeah. approved. It okay, get well, approved. We you. ran it through the channels, and uh, and and it got approved. So for the next uh, few episodes, we'll leave it vague for that. Next few episodes, uh, I'll be here. Don't worry. But uh, Josie will not. But don't worry, we're not going to give you solo episodes because who could possibly want that? Me. Instead, we will have special guest hosts here. For okay. the next, for the next, mumbling incoherently <laughs> number of podcasts that we have on the Rylacast, so we will have some guest hosts. So make sure you tune in for the next couple of episodes. Josie may not be here. Um, it will still be great, I promise. Um, even without the dulcet tones of, of Mister Utz, but uh, Josie, you're not going to be doing anything at the at the at the the delivery date besides like sleeping on an uncomfortable couch on the in the hospital. But um, but That's I hope I hope everything goes great. Well, thank you, thank you, Greg. No, and thank you. I really appreciate uh, appreciate this. Um, it's going to be sad to miss being your co-host i have no doubt that um, our ratings will skyrocket with my absence um but uh but appreciate you taking on some solo and um not solo episodes but uh but determining special guest hosts we got a couple we've got we've got one confirmed we've got a couple of soft verbals that we're okay. uh, that we're feeling good about, feeling good about closing the deal on that one. So you'll just have to tune into the next episode of the Rylocast to find out who is sitting in the other chair. Okay. Uh, but, for, but for now, go ahead. Well, I will. I will. Sorry, I will tune in. I will have nothing to do um, except throw in some headphones and and tune in while I'm rocking a baby to sleep or something. There you go. Exactly right. Um, that is going to do it for us. We do thank you for uh, for spending a little bit of your day with us. We hope you'll go to Ryla5810.org and remember North Texas Giving Day is on September 21st, but uh, you can donate, donate to the Ryla5810 Foundation whenever you want at Ryla5810.org. Uh, and if you like this podcast, please rate it, comment, and tell a friend. And here to tell a friend uh, with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the RylaCast is Josie. Well, thank you, Greg. And in the spirit of aviation, um, uh-huh. you know, excuse me, a tale as old as time. You know, if there if there are planes in the air, there are messages being being spread across, and it, it's a twofer. It's an ender. You know, as I go on paternity leave, it's a twofer because um, one might be a little bit more expensive than the other. But antiquated way, the first is to get a a handwritten banner sign. Listen to the Riley cast. Mm-hmm. Um, on a banner and then attach a tow hook that a oh. plane can pick up. And this is most, you know, this is very useful, you know, like North Texas giving day is right around the corner. So like day of North Texas giving day around downtown Dallas, potentially maybe just get that plane to fly around and say, listen to the Riley cast with Greg Tepper and special guest host. I think you should be able to fit that all on a banner. Um, if that's a little bit too expensive, and this one is probably more antiquated, um, get like a, a cop a crop duster and do the sky writing. Mm, Are you familiar yeah. with that? I so am. The, the downside of that is it's not a mobile message. You know, there's one yeah. point in the sky, but listen to the Rylacast in written in in the clouds. Um, I think would also be a somewhat effective uh, way to spread the word to listen to the Rylacast. Perfect. Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. Talk to you next time on the Rylacast.